Praise God, brothers and sisters. Um, I ask that you all uh, bear with me and have some patience as uh, um, I, would, I would say it was short notice to be asked to come up here as it, less than four hours is what I spent on <laughs> my preparations and I'm going to improvise about 80% of what I'm going to say today, but something interesting happened this weekend. I was hit or touched, let's say, with a deep desire to do something for God in my life. This was Friday. Uh, I was at work uh, between 1 and 2 o'clock. Let's paint this picture. It was a very, very, very deep desire. And I did get emotional. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was that deep of a desire. And I spent Saturday praying and humbly thinking about my life and what I've done for God. And I was, I was disappointed because we could always do more. And it's the time when, you, when, that, when that hits you and you realize that when you start seeing your future differently. You see your present differently. Because you, your past becomes so vivid as what you've been doing and where you've come from. So, Sunday, Max asked me if I wanted to say a word. And without hesitation, I said yes. It was as if God has spoken. And I am so proud. And I'm so blessed. I literally have no words. Um, and when I was thinking of what I should talk about today, that's usually the hardest thing, is, is what can you tell the body of Christ, the children of Christ? What kind of wisdom can you instill into the younger generation? That's the hardest thing. And I pray that God helps us. And I prayed about it, and it came to me like a light bulb. So today's topic, I don't know if, you have, if there's a topic exactly, but it's more like speaking to me. So speaking to me, I want to speak to you. So I'm, every, anything I'm going to say, I'm not going to say I'm holier than thou. I've walked this walk, and I've been righteous, and, I've, and I didn't make a mistake, so listen to my wisdom. No. The wisdom I distill into you today comes from God. Because I prayed about it, and I honestly believe that a light has been switched in my mind and in my eyes. Because as, as I was thinking, how can I serve God? Just the parable that was spoken, this, that was read this morning by the first brother was the exact same parable I was going to read to you guys today. So there's no point in reading that because we all remember it, but I'll read certain parts of it. So if we, so if we go back to what was read this morning, well, earlier today, Matthew 25 Verse 14 through 30 was what was read. The parable of the talents, the talent you can interpret as a talent itself, but the parable of a talent, the talent is what was uh, a coin, let's say. It was a valuable medallion that had value to it. So that's why the, the frustration you see from the master was visible. Now, the... the say interesting, but the, the great thing about parables is that well, God spoke through parables to help people understand and show God's wisdom. So a parable can have so a parable can have more than one meaning. So it can be interpreted in many different ways. 
So this parable itself can be interpreted into many different ways. We can see greed. We can pull greed out of this thing. Um, we can pull even financing, if you really think about it. <laughs> we can pull um, even what I want to talk about is talent. But in the talent of serving God, not in our talent of the talent to do Sudoku puzzles or Rubik's Cubes. The talent to serve God. So if we interpret, if, okay, so let's read. Okay, if we read from verse 15. Uh, okay. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his own ability. And, in, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them, traded with them, and gave other, and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug the ground and hid his Lord's money. The master, if we may interpret this, is Jesus Christ, our God, our Lord and Savior. The talents that he gave these people can be interpreted as the talent God gives each and every one of us. Our ability to do something. Our ability to perceive, perceive things in a certain way. Now we see here God gave, uh, the master gave five talents to one person, two to another, one to another. What does this tell us? In fact, we are not all created equally. We are all different. If we were all created equally, there would be no point in me being up here today. There'd be no point in you being there because we'd all perceive the world the same. We'd all receive the script, scripture the same. But we're all created differently. That's the beauty of us all. Because as a body of Christ, we are all unique in our special ways. When we're all unique in our special ways, we come together, we work together. Now, it doesn't say here what the talents were. Well, I mean, we know it was money. <laughs> but... Because it's a parable, we can interpret it, that the fact that it, it wasn't specified that this person got five talents and one, talent, one of those talents was worth this much and the other one was worth this much, we can assume they were all the same because they all came from the same master. Now, if they all came from the same master and they're all worth the same, it doesn't mean that you are more holy than him or you are more righteous than her, yeso and yeso. Each and every talent of ours is 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 equally valuable. But just the fact that one has five, one has two, and one has one, all that tells us is that we're all different. Our talents are not the same in the sense that your talent can be used in one way, your talent can be used in another. Because one hid his, the other one used his for, for um, uh, what was it called? The, guy, the, per, the person had five talents, uh, traded his, I guess you could call that probably gambling, uh, I don't know, <laughs> uh, or investing, or let's call it finance. Uh, so the fact that every talent is the same only in the sense of its power. Its power. So your ability to, to impact the world, those people around you, that is what the precious value of, of these talents is.
verse 29. For to everyone who has more will be given and will be abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This basically means God gives you a talent. Use it wisely, or there will be consequences. And the consequences are not pretty. I think we all know that. This parable tells us that there is a master who created us. There's a master who has given us a seed, who's planted something in us. And we are, we are here to serve him, to work for him. Now, the ability for these, for the first and second servant to able to multiply their talents, there are many ways you can interpret this, but the way I like to see it in relation to what I'm talking about today is the power, the power of, your, of what you sow. You're reaping it. You plant it. You nourish it. It grows, and it becomes more and more powerful. So success is a product of your own work. What you put in, you get out. It's all measured differently. God always gives us what we need to succeed. He doesn't put you in a certain spot and say, make it work. It's like going to a job where you're not given your resources to do your work. Okay, you're not given uh, a computer. You're, say you're working in an office, all right, as a sales rep. You're not given a car. You're not given a computer. You're not given a phone. And you're not even given a brochure of what you're supposed to be selling. How are you supposed to succeed? It's near impossible if you don't know where to start and where you're supposed to end up. So God always gives us what we need to succeed. God doesn't qualify you. Um, God doesn't give you a job that you qualify for. He qualifies you for the job he already has given you. If we read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, this verse was not put here because it applies to a certain person, to a specific type of people, to the holy, to the righteous, to you, or only you, or only, it's, say, it's 
right at the beginning, it says, for we, we, all of us, all included, everybody, we have all been created in Jesus Christ for good works, which means that when before we were created, when God created us, before we were created, he had a plan. So he created us based on his plan for his good works. And, and it was in what he put in us was he prepared us beforehand. So he prepared us for what is to come, what our talent is. He prepared it. He gave it to us before we were even born. So going back to what I said earlier is when we are not, we are not given talents based on um, our abilities, but our, um, our, our, our qualifications, but God qualifies us for the talents we are given. So God puts a talent in us. And as we grow, should we humble ourselves and should we stay righteous and should we stay on his path, and seek him, we nourish that talent. If we, if we don't nourish it, then what happens? We basically bury our talent. We die, we go to heaven, or judgment day. And we're like, look, Lord, here's your talent back. I did not, it did not grow. I did, your, your investment in me did not multiply. So it's not that none of us have a way to serve God or none of us have an ability or a talent. It's, it's, it's if we choose to listen to the voice that God put inside us. If we choose to listen to the, to the word of God whispering, pay attention, look around. You don't have to be in front to, to serve God. You can be in the background. You, you can, if you're good at mowing lawns, you can make... The church looked pretty because who wants to see a building pass by and it's all worn out and doesn't look like it's taken care of, it's fallen apart? Who wants to go there to serve God if it's the house of God? God works to the people outside to wash the windows so we can view his light, so we have something to give him thanks for. If we, if we leave this earth and our work here is not done and we face Christ, what excuse do we have? We weren't given enough time. We were never given the opportunity. We were never equipped with the right talents. We were never given the necessary tools to successfully achieve what was set out before us. There's a lot as I couldn't, I couldn't, I shouldn't have, I done this, I, you know, Lord, this, but, but Father, you know. Excuses are always easy to come by. He's calling us to serve. And like, like it says, um, I was ill, you didn't visit me. I was naked, you didn't clothe me. I was hungry, you didn't give me anything to eat. Giving someone something to eat or giving someone some, some clothes, the kindness you have to do such an act, it's, it does, 
you might not see that as a talent because anyone can do that. No. To do that, it takes a talent of will. The talent of will is probably one of the hardest things because we all want to, well, I might need that. I don't need it now, but I will in the future. So we limit ourselves. We restrict ourselves from, from achieving more than, we, than what we should. There is no such thing as a small talent because we're all given the same, the same value talent. We just choose to make it grow or we leave it at where it is. Matthew chapter 6, 1 through 4. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before man to be seen by them. Otherwise, you, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets that they may have glory before men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do it. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret Will reward will himself reward you openly. Now this doesn't necessarily apply to don't do anything for Christ out in the open. The deeds I was saying earlier, in fact, um, clothe the needy, feed the needy, visit the ill. These deeds don't need to be praised. If you hear all these, they um, mainly politicians. Um, Whenever they donate money, they want everybody to know that they donated X amount of millions to this charitable donation foundation, and that's what this is kind of calling to. A charitable donation is, is a place, a charity, that has a need for something, and you're helping them out. But doing it out in such a public manner is not from the heart. Doing so, you don't humble yourself. This goes on to what this second brother spoke about. You gotta humble yourself when you when you work with your talents. Otherwise, your talent will not grow. So yes, it, it is as a portion of this is find your talent, grow it, and then you'll reap what you sow. But how do you grow? There's more to it. Being humble. How are, how is your heart in front of God? Do you do it for for man or do you do it for for God? These things are easy to notice. One, you can sleep easy at night. And one, you do your taxes and you feel better. Oh, I'll read one more. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by man. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a 
basket, but in a lampstand, and it is given light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. All right, you might say, well, this kind of took a turn back to the other side. Let your light shine before men, and they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, the previous verse said, don't. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Don't boast. Don't be prideful of what you've accomplished and what you've done. So why is one verse saying one thing and one verse saying another? Let's take a step back. Why did I read the salt part? There's a story. You know, this being the salt of the earth, you know, you can have a whole sermon of a whole bunch, another hour, but there's something I want to pull from this. Mainly the story. There's a story. It's a, it's a parable. It's not true. Well, it's not nonfiction. A king has three daughters. For his birthday, he had a celebration, and he asked all his three daughters to, to describe him. The oldest daughter said, Father, you're like a lion. The second daughter said, Father, you're like an eagle. The third daughter said, well, she thought for a moment. She said, well, I want to say something very, very special to my father because he's like no other. He said, he, she said, Father, you're like salt. Well, he got furious. Well, who likes salt? Have you ever just taken a spoonful of salt and eaten it, eaten it? No one likes salt as its own content. So he got furious. He threw her out of the, out of the palace or castle or kingdom. And um, he said, well, if you don't see me as a father and I'm not pre- um, precious or worth to, um, a father to you, then leave my kingdom. So he kicked her out. She grew. Years went by. She grew with always this thought of how can I show my father what I meant? What exactly did I mean by when I said, you are like salt? She gets married to a prince. They make this feast. They invite the king from the neighboring, um, what's the place called where kings reign over? Kingdom, from the kingdom next door. And uh, she instructed all the chefs to cook all the food with no salt, not a drop of salt in any of the food. The king comes over, he sits down, and one food comes out, one meal, one meal, one meal, yay, so, yay, so, nothing with salt. Well, he starts getting furious, and he yells out, well, where, where's the chef? I need to talk to the chef. There's no salt in this, in this food. It has no taste. There's, you can't eat this stuff. And well, I probably should have said that. Um, she had her face covered, because at this point, she takes her face covering off, and she's like, Father, it's me. She's like, I may, I instru- don't be mad at the chefs. I instructed them to not put salt in the food. Not in the desserts, not in the potatoes, not in the scrambled eggs, whatever you want to call it, and nothing. I wanted you to see the importance salt has in every, every food. Without it, it is rendered. So pulling this from this story, also I, also, I like this story, but, but pulling from this story, Salt has a measurement. You either have nothing, you can have too much, or you can have the right amount. The talent of knowing how much salt you put can make all the difference. Too much salt is bad. Not enough salt is bad. 
This means how effective is your talent? You can grow your talent, but you can grow your talent to such extreme lengths where you're becoming so prideful. You're becoming, you're having this, um, what's, the, what's the term? Um, holier than thou um, complex. What does that do if you have a holier than thou complex? It repels people you're trying to approach to Christ. I heard people tell me this is actually a true story. Well, I'm not gonna tell you the story because I'm sure it's confidential, but um, it's a true story. Someone was starting to get, you know, and then it, the person they were talking to started departing from Christ, or not departing from Christ, weren't, weren't, wasn't receiving the word they were saying. So it's also wisdom. Now, the part with the light, being the light of the world, the talent of being the light of the world. Lights have their own intensity. You can have powerful light, you can have dim light. The same thing with the salt, it's, 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 it's the same story. You can have so much power of light where it overpowers. You can have not enough light where people aren't seeing your talent. Your talent isn't growing. Your light isn't manifesting where it should be. Tonight, I'm not telling you what your talent is. Tonight, I'm telling you to listen. Quiet your mind from the outside world's world. Your worries will be there in the morning. Your stress will be there in the morning. But quiet everything out for a moment and think and listen carefully to the words that are speaking. What is your talent? What are you good at? Everything you have can be used as, as a tool to bring people closer, closer to God, to bring you closer to God. It can be used to, to change the way people look at you, to know that there is a God. You can bring someone to God without talking to them. There, there, was a, there was a saying where um, you could be the only Bible someone has ever read. Someone has to have heard from God somewhere. Why can't that be you? We all know what a performance review is, right? Oh, those things are fun. Um, so, um, what does a performance review do? Well, a performance review helps you evaluate the person you are, who you've been, where you are now, where you need to be, what your weaknesses were, what your strengths were, how you changed and how you evolved, where you are currently, where you need to be, and it helps you evaluate how to get there. Well, let's all do a performance review on ourselves today. Where were we yesterday, last year, the day be year before that? How far have we become? Where do we want to get to? Do we have what we need? Is our do we know what our talent is? We can base our talent off of our past, where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are, combine everything together and figure out where God placed us in our lives. We can make these things grow. In, in this performance review, we can, we can determine where we need to be and how we can get there.
And we could also use these uh, performance reviews to, to strengthen our weaknesses, our addictions, be, be more humble, be more forgiving, and grow. I guess the message I'm, I'm trying to say today is that we are, we're all unique in our own way. So I can't, I can't stand up here and tell you, well, this is what worked for me, so it'll work for you. My talent is this, so yours should be as well. It worked for me, so all of you should be just like me. No, I can't. I wish it was that easy. Because, well, then I'd ask someone else. <laughs> um, my message to you all today is do we want to grow closer to God? Why are we all on this earth? What's our duty? What are we obligated to do? We have to shine the light onto this world. We are the salt and we are the light. We have to grow. We have to make our salt be more powerful, but with measure. We have to be our light more intense, but with accuracy. So we need to analyze all aspects of our lives to determine where we need to be, where are we today, which is very important. Many people don't realize where they are today, which, which limits them or restricts them from knowing where to go in the future. Because going day by day isn't the answer for anything. Not in a career, not in your life, not in a marriage, not in nothing. So you need to know where you are today, how you got there, where you want to be in the future. Do you know what your talent is? Praise God if you do. May he bless you, make it grow. If you don't, may God help you. May God bless us all. Let's all stand in prayer.